What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Up one day, down another. Can we get two up days in a row after six-day losing streak, one up day, deep in the red again? I guess it's uh, popular to pick on Apple. Bloomberg yesterday, Bank America today. Let's talk about the hurricane trade. And let's bring on Mark Chaikin to give us that uh, S&P 2500 prediction at 815. Get the show on the road, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, right back under 3,700, down to 37 handles here at 95 and a quarter. The buck, one down day after six up days, up 26 cents, 112.77. TLT giving back part of the gains from yesterday, down a buck 93 at 102.41. Crude, that's up 14 cents at 82.29. Gold in the red by 11.50. Silver in the red by 20 cents. Bitcoin. That's hanging out at 19 in the mid 19,000 handle and Ethereum futures. Uh, they're they're up a couple bucks at 1331. Let me bring in uh, Triple D and Money Mitch and uh, Triple D. There's there's some mornings where I'm like, man, whew, kind of a strong close. Well, 
you know, we sold off the other closing update. I hope Triple D isn't leaning too long. But Starting uh, to lean long. I've been getting up bits here in the last 10 minutes because we're going down here. So we know I'm always buying dips and selling rips. And yeah, right now, leaning a little bit too long. Need a little bit of a bounce back here to flip out of some of the stuff I just bought. <laughs> well, I will let you guys know. Uh, it seems like my internet isn't the best today, and I hope that you guys in Florida are doing all right after the hurricane. It looks like it's been downgraded to a tropical storm, so that's at least good news uh, moving forward. But if you guys hear me chopping out, I'll try to stay quiet today because I can already see my internet isn't as good as it normally is. Let's get into the market. You switched to Rogers. I might have. Rogers. That joke seems like old, it. but. <laughs> all right let's take a look uh it looks like the treasury yield started inching back up after dropping 25 basis points to 10 year uh let's take a look at what do we see out there is the dollar still dropping uh buck is up today i'm looking at uh the the futures they're up 31 cents the tlt i mean that was a rally yesterday i think someone here in the chat just mentioned you know the bank of england uh, rally yesterday but i mean we're in a rising interest rate environment is that going to change one day by like the bank of england uh no but uh, the market caught a bit off it and just uh, giving it back today. I mean, we do have, what, CPI coming up, like October 12th or October 13th. So, I mean, if you want any, I don't really see anything going on on the interest rate front until we get some change in CPI data. So here we are back selling off here again after a nice rally yesterday. Everybody on Twitter calling yesterday at the bottom. Well, you know, we still held the lows, though. So I will say that. We were saying that yesterday. The June lows have basically been held. I mean, you can say, oh, we cut through them by a, a point on the SPY. But really, you know, when you're looking at it, 62.17, 60.87, we've held those lows. Those lows are still holding. That's the good news. Bad news is earnings season's coming. Bad news is lots of information still coming at us here. Doesn't never seem to be too positive here. Uh, but... I'll say probably some shorts caught yesterday. Probably going to use this dips opportunity here this morning to maybe cover some shorts here. I'll probably do it to cover some shorts as well. I wouldn't be surprised if I buy this dip today. I'm actually thinking the opposite. I can see the sideways consolidation You're selling the dip? Here. No, I, I'm at the point I think we break through the 363 today. Um, the big reason why is that we held that 370 uh resistance and we held it really well yesterday it looked like everything was going green boom boom towards the close and what do they do they bring it right back towards that 370 at the close i feel like uh, a lot of the day traders were riding the momentum but were the swing traders going to take the risk overnight were the investors really going to be dipping their toes in i feel like investors are maybe taking a shot swing traders are still kind of uh scared i would say in this market and and then if you take a look at the day traders, I feel like they rode the momentum yesterday and sold towards the close. So I, I'm going to just keep playing the range. And uh -huh. when we're down 40 handles, I'm not selling stocks. When we're up 80 handles yesterday, I am selling stocks. So I'm going to keep playing that range until it's broken. We're calling for the Titanic to bob up and down a bit. So if you're selling stocks today, you're selling on the downswing. So... Um, I think the 361 to 362 holds for now. I think the 371 to 372 area that Mitch just gave holds for now as well. 
We're stuck right in the middle here. Maybe you want to hold off until you get down to like 363 or 362. Uh, but I think you're going to find buyers at that support level again just because we cut through it um, and we bounced off of it. So you got a little cut through and rally thing happening here. And I don't think that that momentum has enough. I don't think we've built enough to take it out here yet. Well, you know what? I would look at the volume late in the day and it didn't it didn't look great. But I'm looking at it now and then I'm just in the spy overall. And, you know, guys know I'm not a huge volume person, but uh, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of agreeing with both of you guys for a change because oh. it uh, well, it. I mean, it definitely, it was a weak close and, you know, you thought you were going to put that, that 370 area in the, in the rear view mirror. I kind of feel like people rented stocks yesterday, you know, like, you know, it, it, you know, it was the momentum, the day we got it going and shrug off the Apple news, they rented stocks, but at the end of the day, like, they're like, okay, you know, I'm not going to take the over, you know, overnight risk. Right. And, and they got out on the other hand, the June low thing is just such a teaser, right? Because we took it out way in the pre-market, never saw it in the regular session. I mean, it's a monthly candle, right? And the monthly candle's coming to an end. Seasonality for what it is, the last two month, last few days of uh, September are supposed to be to the upside after a bad month, and uh, we just we just got to get to it. We did the longer we hold it, the longer we stay down here near these lows the higher the probability of them breaking too. So let's just get up. Let's close over 3,700 a day or 3,710 and make the, you know, make the people think, yeah, okay, I did miss by the dip. Right now you come in after a drop, you know, rally like yesterday, drop 40 handles. People that did take the longs home are like, oh boy, man, I got caught again. I got caught again. But uh, there's bad news out there. I mean, look at these CarMax earnings. This is a disaster. Before you go to that though, I mean, the market took the bad news yesterday kind of in stride, though, the Apple bad news, which is really good news. We talked about that on the show with <laughs> yeah. Apple not just caving. You know, it's obviously down here again because the analysts have to chase price and downgrade here today. But, I mean, that's the one good thing is we held support. You would have thought that Apple breaking its 150 would be the shot that'll take the spy yes. down below that support. But it was not the case. The market did the exact opposite and had one of its best days of the month. Yeah, so best day of the month. you got to consider all those factors. I think there's such a battleground here. I don't see the battle ending today. So I'm but, not going to try to predict when support is taken out. I do believe it is eventually taken out. I do believe the Bears are going to win here in the longer run. In the short run here, I think we play the chop. And I think it's inside day. How about here. it? Yeah, it's, that could happen. Inside too, day. Sure. I mean, just a quiet day. Just one inside, just quiet day. You know, trim the edges, you know, get a little bit back. Don't take don't take out the pre-market low. Or if you take out the yeah. pre-market low, just take it out by a couple points and then rally back to 3,700 and calm down. The average ranges have been going up. Today, yesterday yeah, was that's an expand, what I've been noticing. Yeah. The expand it was an expanded range day to the upside. That's a pretty, I think it's like the second or third time we've had it this month. So, uh, you know, market doesn't have to go straight down or straight up. There's days of consolidation. And, uh, you know, we talked about that in a couple of couple of our events. Nothing wrong with consolidation. Nothing wrong with establishing a trading range because it gives you setups, right? Mm -hmm. If it breaks out of the top of the trading range, you can get more bullish. If it breaks, you know, down the bottom of the trading range, you can get more bearish. But uh, all right, can we talk about Carmax disaster now? Sure. sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. So uh, looks like 
CarMax coming on in here with an EPS of 79 cents, missing the dollar and 39 cent estimate sales at 8.1 billion, missing the 8.57 billion estimate. I didn't see too much on their guidance. I don't think they uh, gave us a, an updated guidance there, but CarMax, it just got swung down there. And now it's, it's pretty down. I mean, if you take a look at it overall from those highs, and stocks car sales are going down, especially used car sales. Stocks making new lows, you got to go. And nobody, again, I'm going to say this is low-hanging fruit. Nobody's buying new cars when they're broke. Nobody's buying used cars when they're broke. They're, ju- they're driving their other junkers. Mm-hmm. So people aren't in the business to go, oh, yeah, I got all this cash, man. Let's go get a car, even <laughs> if it's used or new. That's why I don't want to own Ford. I don't want to own GM. I don't want to own CarMax. I don't want to own stuff. That's big ticket prices that the average person isn't going to be able to buy right now. We are still going into a session. It's going to get ugly, folks. CarMax telling you that. Yeah, it's setting up the technicals. I mean, you're making a new low of the move by a wide margin. Uh, 76. <laughs> the old low of the move is now potential resistance. So that's three bucks away. Um, you got a couple candles. You got some buyers out here. 68.45. I'm not one of them. Nothing on the monthlies, but uh, well, 69.41. Let's just keep 70 in mind. If you, if you know, if you feel you the pre-market low is going to hold or whatever, and you want to try and trim the edge, you know, bring in a short or cover some puts or something. Maybe take a look at 70. Nice round number like that. But uh, pre-market low, as I said, is at uh, 69.11. To add to Dennis's comments, I would really start being concerned about certain stocks, right? There's lots. There's room. Will these be able to hold on during this time? I feel like there's going to be, I don't want to say it, but it looks like some bankruptcies in here because... If we're going into recession, I don't know how lots of room hang on. Room's the game's over. It's a dollar. It was fifty dollars. The stock, if it's not bankrupt, I mean, you know, one dollar, two dollars. Everybody lost all their money. Fifty dollars, forty dollars, thirty dollars, twenty dollars, ten dollars a buck. So this story's <laughs> over. I I take them personally, and you know, I love. I know there's a lot of people love trading those penny stocks. They fall under five bucks that come out of my scanner. Don't even care. You know, there's a few stocks that'll make it in there, but for the most part, they're under five bucks, not worth trading anymore. Um, I know people love the pennies, you know, but will Carvana I, go again, there? Carvana's twenty-five, so it's still in my filter. Yeah, yeah. It'll, What's if it falls under five, I'll I'll take it out of the filter too. I'm sorry, uh, symbol on Vroom. VRM. VRM. It's a buck. Okay. It's, it's game over. Everybody lost their money on this thing. It's never coming back. Probably going to leak away. You know, maybe it goes bankrupt in news. You see, bankrupt companies go up sometimes. I'm not saying under a buck, even if they go bankrupt, sometimes they're not going down. Sometimes they're going down to 30 cents to 20 cents. This is just not my game. It's not my game to trade this little stuff here. Okay. It's, it gets to a point where it starts getting manipulated at the at a certain point in time as well. Yeah. Um, the, the stock is basically risk reward. Know, game over. Does it, yeah. I mean, your risk is it goes to zero. And, and if you're shorting it, you know, and then this gets, uh, this gets hot, then you got, you got unlimited risk on the upside. So, uh, yeah, we try not to talk about it. So let's get we this can. off the screen. We can talk them. We but can talk I'm, about I mean, it. Yeah, the key here was a, a bankruptcy kind of warning. I cannot try to predict where a $1 stock is going to go. <laughs> yeah. Some, guru on you know twitter could come out and say oh and they load it up ahead of time and then they pump it out there i mean these stocks get under a buck or they they become pump and dumps half of them i mean they're just not my cup of tea 
I hate the right. penny stocks. Hate them. Uh, now it's uh, about to be 8.15, so let's just go oh, ahead yeah. and get towards our guest today. We got none other than Mark Chaikin joining us, and it looks like he's at a new spot. I'm kind of interested to find out. Let's bring him on. He's in the kitchen. He's in no. the kitchen. No, he's not in the kitchen. He's in, an, he's in the new pre-market prep studio for himself, right? Hotel in Baltimore. This for us, Mark. Hotel in Baltimore. <laughs> oh, Baltimore. All right. All right. So your boots on the ground for us, Mark. How, how's Baltimore looking? Baltimore is great because the humidity is gone. Two and a half weeks ago, it was like a steam bath. So all good. We're in fall here. All right. Let's, so let's start talking about the market. It seems like we got to those June lows. Now, of course, I'd like to ask you, what's your outlook moving forward on the overall market? What do you think my outlook is, Mitch? Unfortunately, it's probably a red game, right? It's a red game. Uh, it would be really nice if that double bottom held, but I re- I doubt it. Now, we could rally up. The 21-day moving average is falling like a knife, and it's around 38.60. So a few days, it'll be 38.20, and that you're talking about 3% rally from here. I just doubt it, 3 to 4% rally. Uh, but that's always possible. You got to very oversold levels in the breadth indicators that I'm watching, the McClellan oscillator and the McClellan summation index. But going back over time, and you know, I'm focusing on 1973, 1974, when we had a very similar economic climate with uh, inflation being a serious, serious problem, price of oil going up. Uh, I think you can get oversold many, many times in a classic bear market. And that's what we're seeing here. So uh, very nice that we took a pause, but I'm still looking for an October bottom, late October. And I have a new target uh, that I think makes a lot of sense. What's the new target? 3,400. If you look at a point and figure chart of the S&P, there's a trend line off the March 2020 lows that comes in at 3,400 right now. And ironically, that's also the pre-pandemic peak, 3,392 on the S&P. So it's a nice target area. I hope it holds, but uh, no guarantees on that one. The consensus target on Wall Street, as you probably have been talking about over the last couple of weeks, is 3,200. When I say consensus, this is the uh, bottoms up earnings for the S&P at the 200 dollar to 210 level and putting a 15 multiple on that, uh, you you get a target of 3,200. So I think somewhere in that 3,200, 3,400 area, we could make a low and I'm really zeroing in on that late October timeframe. Is there, a bull, is there a bull case in here, Mark? Is there a case where this, you know, we don't go down there, these lows, these June lows, which are still trying to hold. Is there a case um, that, you know, we could turn this thing around? No, no. Uh, here's, <laughs> Simple answer. No, here's the no sad. <laughs> here's the sad reality, and of course we know any any it can be different this time, but it never is. Every bear market since 1960 has stayed in place until the Fed started cutting interest rates. It wasn't until that first interest rate cut that the the market came out of the bear phase. So uh, try and imagine yourself in Jerome Powell's shoes, um, you know, people all over the world are shooting themselves in the foot like Truss and England trying to cope with 
what's going on. Is he going to cut interest rates anytime soon? Didn't sound like it. Yeah, it you know, doesn't sound like it. And especially the people who are out there this morning, yesterday and this morning from the Atlanta Fed and uh, Mester's on CNBC right now. Um, she doesn't think rates are restrictive right now. So it, it's not a great scenario. But remember, the market tends to bottom out six months before the economy. And maybe this time it'll bottom out without with the Fed just taking their foot off the brakes. But they're unwinding the balance sheet. They're committed to four and a quarter, four and a half at year end. The question is, how much more are they going to raise rates? In that scenario, hoping for a bottom is just that. It's hope. So, All right. Now, one thing that I'd like to ask. About... Go okay, ahead, go ahead. No, All right, so say, one so thing give that... us some ideas here. I mean, if you're playing it from the short side here, maybe find us some ideas because, you know, everybody, we are a trading show. And we do have a lot of people like short and stocks. Find us some ideas, you know, to play and make some money going down to 3,400 or even 3,200. Well, I think you have to do it with index uh, options and you don't want to do it at these levels because you're selling into a hole. And that's you want not, a little bounce to sell. You want to bounce above 3,800 would be fine. Uh, but there, you know, you can do the leverage cues. You can, uh, there's a lot of ways to play it. But uh, individual stocks, really tough. You know, Vroom, what about Apple? I point out that Jake and Power Gauge turned bearish on Vroom and stayed bearish at 41 and a half. It <laughs> just stayed bearish all the way down to a dollar. Yeah. That, was, that, was, uh, that made you some money there. Now, CarMax, it was bullish because the fundamentals were bullish until used car prices peaked back uh, about nine months ago. But even CarMax, the power gauge turned bearish at uh, 105, 108. So it's never too late to get out of stocks in a bear market, but it, it can be too late to short them. And, you know, I just I'm not zeroing in on individual shorts. I think it's too late for that in the game. But I do think index uh, leverage puts at the right time are certainly a fine play. Would you play Apple from the short side? No. I mean, you have one analyst on there this morning on CNBC talking about raising his price target. I think he's smoking something that is now legal in New York State. But, huh. uh, you know, everybody's lowering price targets and who knows what the demand side of the equation is going to be. So I, I, Apple... It's interesting because it's the safe haven right now. It's the one big fang stock has it's down 18% instead of average of 35%. But who's to say that it can't be down 35%? I don't know what does that, but it could be an event uh, that just disappoints analysts. It could be, uh, and they haven't really been giving out guidance, but I, I think the biggest risk for the market in general and stocks like Apple is the, earnings season that's coming up here in October, because who knows what analysts and are going to, you know, do in reaction to guidance cuts. I mean, if you're a CEO and you don't cut guidance here, you're not looking at the big picture. Now, sure, a couple of companies will raise guidance as they have recently, but I, I think that's the big risk. And that's why I'm looking for that bottom in late October. So. Now, the short side to me is appealing uh, early in the bear market when it's difficult to go short. Uh, when you when it's easy to go short, then the money's hard to 
hard to make. So uh, that's just a trading style of mine. You guys are better traders than I am. We're on the line with Mark Chaikin of Chaikin Analytics. Joins our show every couple weeks to give us his insights on the markets. Uh, what about, I'm worried about these stocks that have all this international exposure. I mean, the strong dollar, I mean, like you're, I mean, if you're looking for things to get ripped a piece, what about, you know, like your, look at your Procter and Gambles. Wouldn't you want to be hopping on those and pounding anyone that has an international exposure that doesn't hedge? Wouldn't those be uh, candidates for just disasters in the upcoming quarter? Well, there's an interesting contrary uh, opinion sort of philosophy of mine. Everybody knows that the dollar has been strong and that's headwinds for the internationals. So maybe you see the dollar uh, peak and maybe corporations say they're hedged and so forth. So uh, again, I think the, uh, the juice has been squeezed out of that rock and there's not, I, I think it's a 50-50 bet here. I, the money has been made betting against the international stocks and they probably have some risk here just in terms of being market proxies in many cases, Caterpillar, P&G. But I, I, I'm cautious here in terms of pounding the short side. Okay. We've, what about uh, the utilities? Everyone's been hiding out in the utilities, right? Okay. That's been the trade. Uh, and now, uh, you know, you got you to pull back here from 70. I'm just looking at the XLU here. I mean, are they, are they, they've come after a lot of things in the market. This is like still technically you got a major uptrend here. I know I tried to try a, a, a trend line here on the downside. I think, is that what they're coming after next, Mark, the utilities? I don't think so. Not with two year rates at 440 or 438, wherever they are. I mean, are you going to risk your money in equities uh, when you can get a risk free rate? Guaranteed for two years, that's four and a half, I'll call it four and a half percent, not quite there yet. I just, I, you know, this is a classic stocks and bonds compete for capital and treasuries, the the ultimate safe haven are yielding uh, more than twice as much as stocks on average and more than most utilities. So, no, I I think you got to really think through some of these decisions. And I mean, two things come to mind. Uh, My partner, Pete Carmasino, said something really interesting. He said, if you're bearish on bonds, you probably shouldn't be bullish on stocks. And my corollary is if the only stocks you find to buy are utilities, tobacco and liquor stocks, then you probably should have your money in cash. And right now, cash is yielding four and a half percent. That's pretty, pretty attractive. Mark, this is nail on the head. Something you just said is that cash is yielding yep. more than stocks and bonds. I mean, this is, you know, this is the issue. This is the issue why it's hard to have a sustained rally when the competition is there. I mean, why in the hell? I've said this before, and this is why I've been selling utility stocks. Why do I want to take a risk in a utility stock for a 4% dividend when I don't get 4.2% on my cash sitting there with no risk? Dennis, I got to open up a bank account at your account because my the, the rates are not they're not coming up here like that. They're four point. What are you talking about, Joel? What's the two year? Yeah, the two year is four point three eight. Four point three eight, Joel. That's you can right buy it there. In your Vanguard Go two account. year, four point three eight. Yeah, yeah. You can buy it in your Vanguard it's account. there. Four percent is there. So, but by the way, some of if you're buying older bonds and not new issues, then you're buying them at a discount. So. 
you're not going to see that yield on a monthly or quarterly basis. You're going to see it at the end of the two years. So some of these bonds are selling at 95, 92 because they were issued you know, a bit ago. So uh, you've got to be careful if you're actually going to do that. You're either buying treasuries on the auction, however you do that, or you're buying it in your Vanguard account uh, out of inventory. And there you're going to pick up the yield at the end of the two years in terms of capital gains. So people ought to realize that. It's big time competition for stocks. And I know everybody's yeah. got in their head, well, stocks yield 10%, you know, in the long run. Well, after a 10 year bull run, they've yielded, you know, if you go back and take those numbers, but you know where we started in 2008? Stocks were yielding 7% in the long run, but we just had such a bullish run here in the US that it looks like, okay, yeah, you make 10% if you hold stocks in the long run. It's usually seven to eight. Yep. So I'm like, what are you getting four, four and a half? And you're going to go try to pick up stocks and try to pick up an extra two and a half? It's a lot of risk, man. And, and mainly this is how the institutions think, the insurance companies, the annuity uh, players. So it, it, it really doesn't affect you and me, except psychologically to give you a sense of where the market could go. But the big money, the trillions of dollars that has to find a home is thinking the way you're thinking, Dennis. That's a problem. That's a problem yeah. for stocks. Let's, let's end on a positive note. Um, this is something that I have rarely done in my career. I think you start looking at micro cap stocks here. Ooh, and that's the interesting. Is, the reason is they're underfollowed, but they have to have good fundamentals. So for me, a bullish power gauge rating. Can I talk about a stock that I just bought with full disclosure or should we avoid that? Let's go for it. If it's over, okay. if over five bucks. Oh, it's over five bucks. Uh, someone, uh, an analyst that I really respect, been in the business for 50 years, uh, mentioned a company to me. It's Richardson Electronics. Now, don't run out and buy it, although it does trade nice volume. Similar as R-E-L-L. Um, I, I didn't know the company from Adam, but I put a power gauge chart up and it was bullish. It is, and, yeah. It's good. And um, this is a company that's in the engineered solutions business, 20,000 customers, maybe a $280 million market cap, but a couple of hundred million in revenue. And they're, they're in one interesting business that really appeals to me. They make casings and capacitors for electronic locomotive. And guess where the world is heading? They're heading toward electronic locomotives. The subsidiary of Caterpillar is making them in Brazil. But U.S. railroads don't want to buy locomotives that are made out of country. So they're now opening a huge plant in Indiana. Just one example of a stock where the power gauge and the story are meshing. And it made sense to me. So I bought some. And, you know, th th there are probably 100 stocks like this out there. But the problem is you have to dig for them. You know, they're not the big names. They're not even followed by a lot of analysts or any analysts. But these names are there. And, um, you know, if you want to park some money and take advantage of opportunities, then here's a stock selling at 11 times earnings. You know, that this had a checkered past. Nothing is easy. But it's just one example out of many that I could dredge up. And I did just buy the stock. So full disclosure. Bought it in the low, low 14s the other day. Nice. But there, there are stocks like that out there. And, you know, you can't trade them. You could, and this one happens to trade some volume. You can't trade them, but you can own them. And I think that's where there's some real hidden gems in the market. 
All right. Last question I would have, is there any industry or sector that you're seeing the power gauge point towards the bullish side other than the micro caps? Uh, no, unfortunately, you know, it's tobacco and, uh, and liquor and, you know, defensive stocks. But, I tried guys. I tried. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to still beat the whore, dead horse on energy. I just think this last move in oil and in natural gas is just out of sync with what's going on in Europe. So, um, and, you know, I, I think long-term over the next three years, uh, energy is still a bull play and, um, they've, they've gotten taken on cleaners. I've been, you know, a big proponent of that as recently as two weeks ago. And, uh, they just took these stocks to the cleaners. Some of my favorite stocks we got stopped out of in our portfolios, but, I, I still think long-term energy is a play, and there's you know there are some really good names like Oxy that you know Warren Buffett's not going away. He's going to buy more Oxy. He bought more last night. Did he yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd I'd rather be following Warren Buffett buying more Oxy than Kathy Woods buying more DocuSign. I haven't met you here anymore. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. Like always, Mark Chaikin, founder of the Chaikin Analytics. And definitely you guys can check out the Power Gauge yourself. Go ahead and do so and check out Chaikin Analytics. Let's let's make sure I'm on right before the 27th, 28th of October, because that's my targeted turnaround date. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you're, sure on, you know, you're on the schedule. You're giving you us know, the you... day. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, this is, this is the fall uh, panic. Uh, do you know the paper by the Charles Dow Award that the MTA, now the CMT, gives out every year? Chris Carroll won it in 1998 or 99 for the fall panic. And the fall panic uh, comes on the 27th and 28th of the seventh lunar month. So if you believe in that, believe in the tooth fairy, you know, get ready. But okay. it, it's before we go, we got one more. I got one more for you. Ooh, uh, but first of all, I want to wish you a happy new year. Oh, and yeah, you, Joel. Easy, you. fast. And, uh, you know, sell Rush Hashanah by Yum Kipper. So you're telling me it's too early October 5th for uh, for Yum Kipper or October 6th? Uh, I got to wait till the end of October for the uh, to buy the dip. I thought it was buy Rush Hashanah, sell Yum Kipper, Joel. No, it's no? sell Rush Hashanah. Okay. Well, then that's working. Yeah, it's too early. <laughs> <laughs> or else I've been writing it wrong all these years. All right, Mark, thanks a lot. Be well. <laughs> Have a great one, Mark. All right, let's keep going to some headlines out there. How's the market looking right now, Joel? Well, we just had jobless claims and GDP. So um, this is uh, hit, why right? the market took a hit. It's funny. I didn't even realize that number was coming, but SPY yeah. went wide. I was like, oh, we got a number coming. I could tell just because SPY went wide. <laughs> SPY went 30 insight, cents yeah. wide about like 10 seconds before. I was like, oh, we got a number coming. So we dropped about, a, we dropped about 10 handles here. So we got hit. Yeah, we did. There. We did. Um, yeah. I haven't seen the, if you want to grab a Mitch, I'm just uh, right now. I haven't seen the actual numbers. I just moved Here my orders. Are. All right. Continuous jobless claims coming in at a 1.34 million versus 1.38 million expected. It was at 1.37 million prior. GDP coming in at a loss of 0.6 versus a loss of 0.6 expected. So right on cue with the expected numbers. Um, initial jobless claims at 193,000 versus 215,000 expected. I'll be able to put those numbers up now, but I just wanted to kind of quickly read through them there. So it doesn't seem We're like taking. anything other than yeah. the expected numbers. But I think, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of optimism with that news yesterday on the Bank of England. 
I, I just don't know. I, I don't know how it's really going to react. A lot of people were saying that maybe the Fed would pivot now because there could be an accident in the market. I don't think that's the reason to pivot there. But. It, it, I mean, they can't. They're not going to. They're not going to say you know this. They're not transitory, 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 and then switch hawkish, hawkish. I mean, they're not. It's not going to be a dime, and it's certainly not going to be anything that uh, that the Bank of England does. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it was. I think to Mitch's point, that, sorry, Mitch, that was that the was, catalyst. That was the catalyst for the rally yesterday, for sure. That we're seeing a central bank turn around, start to <clears throat> basically go back to QE, which is <laughs> unfathomable <laughs> at this point in time. Um, you know, from a North American perspective, but that's what they did, and they're like, "Hey, you know, this is you know what we need the Fed to do too." Yeah, sure, the markets need the Fed to do that. Fed's not going to do that. So there's going to be some realization here too. With that being said, I still think there's people caught from yesterday. I think we're coming back into support. I think the 361 area holds again. One thing that I would note also is that I saw Germany also announced today that they're looking at a price cap, right? There's so many of these caps coming in for energy. Of course, the money has to go somewhere. So inflation, at least I feel like they're just pushing it back. They're like, well, we'll worry about you in six months. Uh, or 12 months down the line. And so I wonder if these caps on energy are why we're seeing kind of these battles in the prices um, because they're just stepping in. The government's just like, well, we'll step in for the average consumer and kind of give some subsidies here. So many balls to juggle for this market here. Bottom line, wow, we're getting hit here once again. Just a lot of problems and a lot of risk. And I don't mind getting four point. 4.3, 4 4.5% to sit back and wait. So yeah, this is the problem. The big money is saying the same thing. It's a battle out there, definitely. Let's go towards the Apple headline today. They did get a rating. Um, so let's talk about that. Apple dipping about 2% after Bank of America stepping in here and downgrading the tech uh, from a buy to neutral. And they said that Apple has outperformed, but however, we do see a risk in this outperformance over the next year, and we expect material negative estimate revisions uh, driven by weaker consumer demand. One thing that's scaring me about Apple is they haven't confirmed the Bloomberg report. Will they come out and maybe pre-announce? Um, I, again, I don't know how accurate the Bloomberg report is, sources say, so we just don't know. I think they'd like to say that it isn't accurate because, you know, one, they don't like it when media gets a hold of, you know, information like Kramer says, Apple doesn't like talking to the media, you know, about their numbers. So I'm sure they are kind of figuring out who the hell leaked that. But secondly is I just add it all up and I think the Bloomberg numbers are probably going to be right. I mean, I just, you know, as much as I don't see people going and buying new cars, I don't think they're running to buy a new but iPhone. But everyone have an iPhone? I mean, well, they that's do, the, Joel. And when we're in good times, now. everybody wants the newest phone, the better camera. Really? But we're not – when we're in good times. But we're not in good times anymore. We're in times of tight money here. I think Apple's low-hanging fruit to not have a good quarter. So that's why I wouldn't have hedged my Apple after a decade of being long it if that's I true. thought that, oh, well, yeah, Apple will beat the numbers. I think they're going to miss. I think that there's going to be a lower guide in here somewhere. So I'm not surprised at all by, you know, the Bloomberg report. I think it is going to be accurate. Well, maybe Q3 is okay, but they, they guide for Q4. 
you know, that would be, I mean, that's the trick that you see a lot. Like, you know, you could still get the decent quarter. The thing that Bloomberg was alluding to yesterday, um, that's going to be reflected in Q4, right? Because the, they haven't even put the phones out yet. So that will be more of a, uh, a Q4 reading. But uh, the only thing to look at in Apple, I mean, it it, it fought back like a champ yesterday, right? Uh, the only, It was the only stock in the top components of the S&P that was in the red. Uh, but let's keep an eye on now. Um, 144.84, right? We're still a buck for uh, buck twenty away from that, buck forty away from it. Um, two star support because we've only been there once. So if you're looking to buy the dip, I mean, there's another couple bucks on the downside. I, I think it's going to be hard after the way it rallied back yesterday. You know, now you now you, you stuck. Uh, there's a whole nother group of people that bought it. Yeah, it's going to get back over 150 yesterday and. Boom, right back under. So yesterday's low, 144.84. It's just right. tough. I mean, again, and I've added this up, PE's 24. You know, okay, yeah, maybe it's going to be a little blessed if you think that. I don't think they're going to make more money. So I think it's kind of as good as it gets right now. So 24, 25 times in this market. And again, you've got to go back to, the, you know, how do we value stocks? Well, you got to take the risk-free rate, put your CFA hat on, and you take it from that. I mean, when the risk-free rate is 0.5%, stocks are worth a lot more. When the risk-free rate is 4 stocks are worth a lot less. So I think we got to still stop thinking about where stocks have been, you know, because we're in a different market environment. Until, and, and Mark shake it nail on the head again, until the Fed shows us a pivot, until the Fed starts to say, hey, we're going to bring rates back down, I think stocks are just a tough game. How about stop going up first? For exactly, and they haven't even stopped going up, Joel. So right. why are we trying to be the hero and say, yeah, this is the bottom? Because you know why? Because everybody still has all-time highs on their brain. Yeah. That if I hold long enough, eventually we go back to all-time highs. Eventually Apple gets back to 180. Eventually Vroom gets back to 50. People think that. Nah. People <laughs> think, but they do, Joel. People will not sell at a loss. They're like, I'll get my money back eventually. You're never getting your money back in Vroom. It's probably going down more. At a dollar twenty-seven. I mean, but that's the way people think. They can't take a loss. This is why me, as a trading business, willing to take losses, make money usually, you know, every month because I'm on the opposite side of that. I'm willing to take losses. So, but people aren't, and people are looking and saying, "I'll get my money back eventually." As soon as they start getting down, they stop looking at it. They're like, "Well, I'll just you know not even worry about that," you know, and they stop looking at it. And then it really starts to erode capital. So, I mean, as a trader, you've got to manage those losers. You've got to be able to get out. But I just think we got to stop thinking about all-time highs. We're in a different market environment. And, you know, yeah, there's going to be some stocks that make all-time highs, but the stocks could go a hell of a lot lower from here too. So I still think we're in a battleground. I don't see us taking it out. I think, you know, I'm a buyer of stocks as a day trading perspective today because we're still in this battleground. But I think Mitch is eventually right. I think uh, eventually we're taking out those lows. Yeah, the, the question will be what stage in the bear market we're in. Are we in that stage three, the capitulation and the final drop? That's what I feel like we're getting towards. I don't even think we're close to it. I don't that's, even think we're close to it. That's the question it. you need to I ask, think the right? 3200 I, I think, and I've said this before on the show, I think Apple could go on 100 bucks. I might be the only person on the street that might say that. Obviously, Gene Munster and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, Dan Ives. Dan Eyes on CBC yesterday, $220. I don't know where they're getting that from. Did he really see two today? I don't know where he's getting that from. It makes zero sense to me. <sighs> I think Apple could go under 100 bucks. I wouldn't have sold and realized a huge or, or hedged up 
and potentially realize a huge gain. You know, when my average cost base is 25, I didn't think the stock was going a hell of a lot lower. So I just can't see the catalyst to take us higher in a recession, to take this up. Wait, we're going to start paying 35 times for earnings for Apple? I don't think the earnings are going to grow unless they're coming out and showing me, an, and showing me a car new, or showing yeah. me a product that I can absolutely not refuse. How long are you going to milk this iPhone for? It's yeah. just a, it's an iPhone company. They haven't come out with anything good in the past decade. Like really, like new products that we have to have was the iPhone 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 14 years ago. What's been the awesome product? They've got to come out with something else. They Are you will. ready for the off, awesome product? What's that? Ted Lasso. <laughs> oh, the Apple TV Plus? <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I, the, the watch was really hasn't moved the needle. Wearables. Wearables haven't moved the needle. They've tried. They've tried, right? They've tried to innovate there. They went with the wearables. They went to the streaming plays. Now, one area that I think they're doing well on in the streaming plays, they're sticking to quality versus quantity. And so at least that strategy, I think, is working for them. Um, like mentions, like Joel just mentioned, Ted Lassie. Did you watch, uh, have you watched had... Ted Lasso, Dennis? No. You should. It's a funny one. It's a funny you need one. it, Dad. Dennis. You need that. You need. It's a fun. It's funny show, man. It really is. You should watch it. Not but I agree with you. What does he your... say? What does he say about all this, Ted Lasso? How it's are we doing, Ted said, Lasso? Joe, I don't even know said. anything about it. It's it, it's a t. It, I, I'm sorry. It's a TV show on on Apple TV. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's, I was wondering the connection. I didn't even know the connection. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. They, and actually, they they have some other uh, some other shows that are pretty good. And I'm a pretty yeah. at pretty, least they uh, get uh, some Emmy and no- nominations, right? So, yeah. all right. Let's transition. Let's go to Oxy now. Of course, Occidental Petroleum uh, getting some more Warren. Not stuff. Not stopping the buffet there. Um, so he grabbed some more. Bought five point nine uh, point five point nine eight five million shares. Now it's bringing his uh, holdings to one hundred and ninety four point five million shares, or twenty point nine percent of the petroleum company. Whew. Of course, um, you guys can look at the percentage. The one thing that I was a little bit unsure of was that percentage. I do understand that they do have one hundred and ninety four point five million shares. We'll see what happens here. Will he finally take up to 50%? That's the question you got to ask. Take the company. I mean, uh, look at it. I think he's taking the company up to 50%. I think he's going to continue to sit here and buy at $57 to $59 indefinitely. Every time it comes back down here, he buys stock. It got down there a couple days, he's buying stock. So he's just got his order out there, Joel. It's the Buffett put, 57 to 59 He's sitting there just backing up the truck. It's smart. I mean, if he wanted to take over the whole company, why pay 90? When are you going to just sit here and slowly accumulate stock at 58? Yeah. It's a smarter way to take over the company. He said he can go up to 50. I think he's going to 50. He's like at 27 now. So I think he's going to sit here and buy at 57, 58, 59. I made the mistake of jumping in at 65 because I thought he might jump early. It was a mistake. Me too. Sitting there at 50, 57, 58, Mitch. That's the play. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess, you know, you get down there 57, 58. I'd buy along with it, just like Shaken was saying, because I think you got the Buffett putt. How many stocks are you going to find with nine monthly higher lows? Look at that. Look at the monthly not, chart. Not many. Not, not many, many. I'll tell you that. Man. Look at That's that. For sure. I mean, 
boom, just stepping up. But uh, he came into this area. Uh, just a, the market's just a little skittish today, so you didn't exactly get the what you did get the pop to sixty two, right? Uh, in the pre market trading, uh, just a little bit over sixty two, I believe, when the news hit. Uh, Close at the high yesterday, 6160. You got to deal with first. So, unless you get a big turnaround in oil, a big turnaround in the market, uh, that pre market high could be a, a good target on the upside. But he waited. He waited the gap down day. And he's this is that area. Man, he's using that. Man, that guy's patient. Way to go, Warren. John uh, B would... sold the, the 57 puts. That's not a bad play. Good I mention mean, in the Buffett's chat. Buffett's going to keep buying it down there. It's going to have trouble going through that area. We want to sit there and buy 6 million shares in the open market. Joel, this isn't like buying like, oh, he's no. buying 60,000. He's buying 6 million shares in the open market. There's a reason it doesn't go down. He's sitting there. He's a whale, and he doesn't allow it to go down. He's an iceberg. Yeah. And you what know, the- and, and he said he's got the permission to go up to 50. He's probably mm-hmm. just going to sit there and buy another. It goes down to 50, 70. He's going to buy another 6 million shares. Unless we go into a full market crash where, you know, and then there's going to be no stopping it. I mean, it's going to be tough for that stock to go through that area. One thing that mentioned in the chat, I think is interesting. Uh, someone mentioned, do you think that potentially he could be selling his Apple shares to buy some more Oxy? Mm. I don't I think, think he's, I think he's a long believer in Apple. I know he's just so big in Apple. I don't get it at all. Um, I'm a seller of Apple. Obviously, he doesn't listen to pre-market prep because I've been bearish Apple here for a long time. So, been trying to get him to listen, but he hasn't done much in Apple though in a while, has he? Did he? No, he just sits on it. But it's like forty percent of his fund. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I'd be nervous if I had forty percent of my money in Apple right now. I would. I wouldn't be sleeping at night. I'd be nauseous. (laughs) Going to the bathroom. Dennis would be selling iPhones on the street. I had had five percent of my money in Apple, and I was nervous. (laughs) Dennis on the street selling iPhones in New York. Hey, do you want an iPhone? I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Help him out. We gotta get these numbers up here, Mitch. (laughs) We better get these numbers a little bit higher. Help him out. Help him out. Let's keep going to an interesting uh, analyst note today. Analyst at uh, Wells Fargo initiating on Coinbase. Um, so uh, they initiated with an underweight, citing rising macroeconomic pressures, among other potential negative catalysts. Though we believe in the value of Coin's platform, we see early mover advantages gradually being eroded away as the competition increasingly mimics the coin ecosystem. This, this was this, from uh, Jeff Cantwell wrote on Thursday. Was it an note. upgrade or a downgrade? It's a, well, it's, it's um initiating coverage. And so it they initiated with underweight. Oh, okay. Initiating the sell. <laughs> I'm with that. I had Coinbase for a while. I sold mine too. So I think Coinbase eventually goes a lot lower. I think the crypto story is over. Yes, I, I agree with this. I think uh, until you see the complete wiping out of a lot of these companies, I don't think Bitcoin's coming back. Even if Bitcoin comes back, a lot of these other ones are not. This Bitwise commercial drives me nuts. I've said it before. It's on CNBC relentlessly. I see it played <laughs> a thousand times a day, I feel like. I, don't, I know that's an exaggeration, but it's on nonstop. Telling us, you know, how, you know, we got to get invested. You know, get the whole portfolio of crypto. It's been the worst disaster. I predicted that a year ago. The worst thing you could possibly do is buy a portfolio of these things because most of these things are zeros. Maybe if I said, if you want to play crypto, it's Bitcoin or Ethereum. That was it. That was it. So Bitcoin has held up fairly well. I'm very impressed with Bitcoin. But, you know, this other, all these other ones, there's 10 million of them. Most of them are just 
basically making money for the issuers and everybody else holding the bag. Mitch made a good point on uh, the Bitcoin. Uh, the, the last two big uh, updates, uh, this was, well, actually, it went one more day, was the Scarmucci uh, FTX announcement, right? And that was the, that maybe it lasted, I don't know exactly what day it was, but they sold the living daylights out of it. And then yeah. we got a pop a few days ago on uh, the Voyager settlement. I don't know how yeah. uh, how that's bullish, but man, when you, when you see stocks have the news, right? You want to see that, you know, okay, it's good news. It's good. You know, Scarmucci and FTX are teaming up, boom, boom, boom. You, know, you don't want to see it, give it back and then go back below the level. About Maybe it was right at 19K. It's hanging out. It's consolidating. Man, what is it had? This tight of a range for three months in a row, man, never. Holding support. It's right there with yeah. the market. When when the market breaks, when the market breaks the June lows, Bitcoin will break the lows too. It's okay. a risk asset trading with risk assets. That's it. It's not its own animal. It's not a hedge. It's, it's a NASDAQ edge. stock. That's what it is. It maybe wasn't that three, four years ago. It is now because the masses are in it. It's a NASDAQ stock, Bitcoin now. All right, let's go towards now another upgrade in First Solar. Uh, Evercore IS Group upgrading First Solar to outperform, raising the price target to 150. This seems like a solar stock that doesn't want to turn around. I've been calling to just keep an eye out on this relative strength. It hasn't really turned around in First Solar. It's pushing the best, the best stocks right now. They just don't go down. First Solar is right near an all-time high. So many of these solar companies like Enphase right up there holding on. I mean, the story, there's a few, you know, laggards. SEDG has come down a bit here. But unbelievable resilience in this stock. I don't want to short a stock making new highs in this market because if the market goes to turn, this thing is the one that blasts off. So... Whatever reason, solar is getting a pass on everything right now. The relative strength is nothing short of incredible. Uh, we're trading up 57 cents on this, 140.64 to 128. 12-point move, so you're getting back half of that move. I mean, this is an interesting area, and it's trading above it. If you are you know, bullish and playing this from the long side, let's see it hold this, you know, Hold the close, hold the open, 136. Well, right now it's 136, uh, uh, 76, so it's up. Really, the only other daily high to contend with is the all-time high at 140.64. And the other thing I like to keep an eye on is the all-time – no, it's not all-time, Dennis, because this went crazy back in uh, 2008. So it's not – you even got me saying it. It's not It's not all-time highs. It's definitely – it was 300 back in 2008. Yeah, the people right. who bought that bought the solar story back in 2008 are still <laughs> looking to get their money back. But a lot uh, of people that don't that, that a lot of these data providers don't go back over 10 years, so you don't know how much how many bag holders are really there. <laughs> so it shows you when you buy pay stupid prices for stocks, even the best stocks like for solar, you're still down on them. Don't What's pay there? stupid yep. valuations for stocks. So uh, you're not paying up for Bed Bath and Beyond today, right? Okay. Bed Bath and Beyond going higher. They had, reported uh, their earnings. The only turnaround this story is if uh, Cohen buys it back. I still think he might. I've said that before. I still think he might come back and buy it back because it would pop like fifty percent, eighty percent on him doing that. Wow. He so just, he knows uh, he can print money in that, and I don't think he's scared. It would not surprise me if he eventually did buy that back. That's the only thing turning this company, turning the stock around. I don't think anything's turned the company around. 
Earnings don't look good here, reporting a 28% drop in quarterly sales and wider than projected loss. EPS coming in at a loss of $3.22, missing the loss of $1.85 estimate. Sales of $1.44 billion and missing the $1.45 billion estimate. And they maintained their full year 22 guidance. I don't know how, but they did. Well, that's good news. (laughs) <laughs> the guidance. Well, at least they can keep the lights on i'm a little worried about the heat in the winter time here because they yeah, weren't using the know, air conditioners in the summer i'm a little worried that they might gonna use not gonna use the heat in the winter so anyways it's a joke a little bit of a joke but it was from the new york post bed bath and beyond i think like i said i'm not gonna short the damn thing because if cohen came out overnight and rebought it, it'd be at 12 bucks exactly. so i think that's the only possibility that the stock turns around i think it continues to leak there's a lot of people waiting for him to come back in he may come back in. So I'm just out, not trading it. Uh just uh you got a little pop off that uh off the the headline number. I don't know why someone bought it up to six ninety-two, uh, but they did. It's been kind of sleepy down here, tight ranges over the last couple of days. I would say if you clear seven thirty, some you know, there is some uh there's some room on the upside and you just had some patient buys around six. So Definitely enough coverage here on uh, Triple BY. I haven't checked. Uh, we don't even need to check those other stocks. All what right. else you got for us, I Mitch? got you well, another earnings. Here, hey, AMC, 7 bucks. 8 was supposed to be did the you, good one. It's 3 bucks. Did you hear about what happened in AMC and Ape? No. So pretty much what happened here is there's a mention that uh, Citigroup has been uh, – kind of reached out by AMC to kind of sell some ape preferred shares, right? So they're pretty much trying to continue to dilute AMC, but they can't continue to dilute AMC because they can't pump out more shares. So what they're trying to do is just sell their preferred (laughs) equity in ape to dilute further their stock, right? I mean, that's a big plus for investors, right? What a disaster. Even this APE, everybody came out there at 10 bucks, and now it's three, like literally a month later. So this was an epic 60% fall in the price of this thing in literally a month. These have all been just a disaster. Um, we were right on this show. I said, you know, eventually AMC would be $10. It is. It's $7, and the Ape's three, so you can add them up. And it's, 10. <laughs> it's 10. So it's 10. So it's it's went to my target. I have no idea where it goes from here, but it gave it all back, which was predictable. GameStop unre- is so resilient, still holding high, still $27 a share. I think eventually it'll be back to $5, but I don't know the path to get there, so I'm not going to... Uh, jump in here and try to short this thing and then get Cohen or memed or whatever you want to call it. These stocks just, you know, I trade them against each other sometimes. If one starts moving, then I'll trade the other one. But for the most part, no touches for me on the investment portfolio. All right. S&P's off the mat. Uh, 73.50 is your pre-market low. Got hit pretty good on that uh, on that uh, GDP number. Uh, what we're going to look at today now, the 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 true low, the Globex low uh, from yesterday was 36.13. That's still quite a ways away. Uh, the interday low, which I think people may be keeping an eye on from yesterday, that's the low from 9:30 until four. That's at 52 and a quarter. So they need to whack it another 32 handles to get down to the intraday low uh, for the S&Ps. 
Would you guys think that the market could still be up today and still have kind of like a down tape in an Apple? That's why a little part of me is going to be nice watching gosh. Apple today. Be impressive. Don't expect to see a, a day two of that pattern. Very important day for the market because if we leak and we get back down near that support, then maybe we set up for tomorrow to take it out. I don't want to, you know, and you got to play range and you got to look at, you know, we've already kind of had a big range here today, Joel, Mitch, same thing. And just, yep. you know, to, to go and say, yeah, we're taking it out today, it would have to be some epically bad news to take that bottom out. I think what's going to happen, we're going to meander here and bounce around until you get one of the big guns actually worn. So we're coming into earnings season. We're going to see a Microsoft or we're going to see a Google. I think we're going to see Meta. Or, or maybe even potentially an Apple. One of the big guns are going to warn, and the market's going to get hammered on it, just like FedEx did. I think there's more warnings coming. I think the earnings season is going to be nothing short of a disaster, and that's what's going to take out support. So it's the calm before the earnings storm. PCE tomorrow also, right? The Fed's favorite inflation indicator. That could change things. That could change it, I mean, right? show us a little bit of, you know, light. Hang here. on, us... hang on. If the SPY could hang on to those lows, maybe one more day we get some good inflation data. That could change my happens. mind. Give me a right. reason to change my mind. Yep. And we're going to need what some if... data probably to do that. What about yeah. this Porsche, Dennis? Uh, I mean, if we're talking about people not buying expensive things, P.O. A, I wonder if I got it. P -O yeah, but Joel, Joel, we're, we're talking about the consumer that's usually strapped for cash. Let's just be honest. The, oh, okay. the people that buy Porsches, they're going to do all right during this downturn. Fantastic point, Mitch. Fantastic <laughs> point. The average, the average U.S. citizen was never buying a Porsche. Yeah, that's its, unfortunately. its own thing. <laughs> but the average U.S. citizen definitely was buying a new Ford truck. So they're not doing that anymore. So fantastic point. Certain high, high end doesn't get impacted as much during a recession because the rich are still rich. It's only rich people buying those. Fantastic point, Mitch. Let's just say I wish I was a part of that crew. But unfortunately, we're going to keep We all wish here. we were. But yeah, <laughs> the everyday consumer. That's just what it is. It's <laughs> 9 o'clock. If you guys want to come on over and stay with Joel L. Conan as he comes through. and uh, Do you have a guest today, Joel? Ah, uh, no guess, man. We just uh, missed a ton of tickers here, so we're there gonna go, go over there and uh, triple D. Uh, if you're feeling okay, I'll call you later. If uh, not, um, everyone have a great trading day. Okay. All right. Have a good one, Joel and Dennis. You have a great one, like always. Keep battling. What's our shirt today? What what we got on? Oh, it says I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm, I'm on, on a boat. boat. I'll tell you one thing. Those guys, those guys in Florida don't wish they were on those boats. Did you see those boats, man? No, I know. I was it's watching the marinas. for this shirt, maybe. They were just I like. Should, I should say bad. I'm off a boat. <laughs> yeah, Those I'm boats off the boat. did not look good. That was crazy, man. That surge down there. And I, I texted. I tweeted at Fari to make sure he's okay. Obviously, he's in Naples. So I wanted yeah. to make sure him and Captain Tico were okay. Fari, if you can hear us, if you listen to the show, He's let us know boat. you're okay. You know, send us a message. You know, send us something. Let us know you're still doing all right. All right. Well, we'll definitely see it. At least the good news today, I talked about it on Twitter, downgrading to a tropical storm. So that's at least good news that's for good the news. hurricane. And be careful with that hurricane trade. Sometimes it turns around really ugly. We'll just kind of put the that, warning There's out a point there. there too. So the hurricane trade is usually to own it ahead of the hurricane and sell it after the hurricane. We'll see That's what happens usually today. usually the play.
All right. Have a great one, Dennis. I'll let you get on out of here. We're going to get you guys over to live trading. That's what's coming up next. And guess what? I'm back and ready to get after it, guys. I know there's a lot of talk on out there. A lot of people talking about different stocks. We're going to take a look at some micro caps. We'll take a look at some you know, small caps, mid caps. I, I know I'm going to be watching BTU. I've been watching the cold trade the last couple of days. That really has spiked. I saw aluminum up big today. So keep your eyes on some of the basic materials. Will they continue seeing the lift? Will they get a day two, day three? It's been about three days lift already. So this was going to be more kind of like a day four, day five move. Let's see what happens in coal and some of the other basic materials. Hit the thumbs on up on your way out, and we'll see you next time right here on Pre-Market Prep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.